generational poverty. We're going to discuss that in every sense of the word, financially, mentally, and how our special guest, Rebecca Contreras, rose above it. Stay where you're at and keep listening. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. ¿Qué tal? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I'm so thrilled that you are here. And today we've got a special guest with a very inspiring story, as you're going to hear. And we're going to talk about generational poverty, which I think is a very important topic because as Latinas, because of our history, chances are we have either experienced it or have a member of our family or a friend, someone close to us that has. The question is, are we continuing that cycle? Have we continued that cycle in some way, shape, or form with our thoughts and mindset? That is something that we definitely have to question. Today's guest, Rebecca Contreras, is going to share her experience with generational poverty and how she rose above it. She is a social and business entrepreneur. She's the author of Lost Girl from the Hood to the White House to Millionaire Entrepreneur, which this book recounts her journey from becoming a welfare dependent teenage mother to advising a sitting president and driving a successful 100 person company. Lista? Let's go meet Rebecca. Bienvenida, Rebecca. I am so thrilled to have you here with me today. I have learned a little bit about you as I prepare for this interview, I really like to dig into my guests. And you're just such an inspiration, everything that you have accomplished, everything that you've been through in life. So welcome. I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with your listeners and to share my insights. Awesome. Well, we always start off on Herdy Neto Matters going back in time because this is about getting to know you and your money story. So please take us back in time and tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your experiences, lessons that you had around money, maybe a specific memory that really impacted you. Even you think about it today, how much of an impact it had with your relationship with your money, what you do today. So tell us. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. I actually just recently wrote my memoir in a book called Lost Girl. And it's really my background as a child and as a teenager and even as a young adult comes from a place of what I call generational poverty and just lots and lots of lack. And not only financially, but physically, emotionally, and every, in every sense of the word poverty. And I'm a border town girl. I grew up in El Paso and my mom 
had a lot of mental illness, a lot of drug addiction and challenges as a single mom. There are four of us. None of us knew our fathers. So she really came from a place of severe lack. And as a result of that, we bounced from, you know, project housing place to project housing place. And she really kind of grew up in her young adult and in her whole adult life on the welfare system. And so when you have that kind of upbringing and makes it very difficult to understand, first of all, why, why it has to be like that, because you know, you're getting your lights turned off or you're struggling with having to wait in line at the food pantry it just makes it very struggle, very hard. And so I actually did not grow up with means at all and the opposite of that. And I had sort of a, a life transferring, altering moment at age 19. I was a single mom myself and I was actually in the pattern of repeating that behavior on welfare, high school dropout, kind of headed down that same path and I enrolled in a welfare to work program for a woman by the name of Ann Richards here in Texas. Ann was the first woman governor and she was at the treasury at the time. And I began to see successful women in the workplace that actually had, were wearing nice clothes and, you know, had nice things and driving nice cars. And I thought, wow, you know, and they were actually nice people and they cared about me as a young lady. And through that welfare to work program, I was determined to get off of welfare myself. And I married a man at 21 who adopted my daughter, who actually came from the opposite of means. He had his first car at 14 and he also had a single mom. She was also a Latina, but she worked two or three jobs to keep, you know, that food on the table and keep them in a nice neighborhood. And so I began to see the opposite of that in another Hispanic family. And I thought, wow, you know, this is just because we grew up poor and just because we're in this cycle of poverty doesn't mean we have to stay there. And really wanted a different path for myself financially. And through my success in my career, really began to go back to school. And, you know, when you get an education, you get promotions and you have people who mentor you, you you get promoted in the workplace and you work hard. And little by little, I started expanding my capacity to gain financial freedom. And the biggest financial catalyst for me was becoming an entrepreneur 11 years ago. And that's really when it kind of took it to a whole nother level. But my history and my background in mi familia, pura pobreza, which is not bad, but poverty can be very debilitating for a person's confidence, for a person's just lack of self-love, I should say. There's a lot of things that come with poverty. And so early on in my adult life, I decided to change that for myself and for my family. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, I'm curious to know, so you mentioned with your mom, you all came from a background of poverty, welfare, and then you saw yourself repeating that cycle. But of course, yet you have become a successful woman, entrepreneur. And I'm curious, take us back to, was there something that happened that really is when you, the catalyst to change? Like, was there a certain event a conversation, maybe it was something you were reading, you had an aha moment. What was it for you that you've decided, let's change this? Well, for me, it was a variety of things. I call them various sort of milestones in your journey where you have these aha moments in life and you think, wow, I wonder if that could be different for me. It started at age 19 when I met my husband and he, again, came from the opposite side of the tracks. He also had, again, a single mom, but his financial they did okay. They lived in a nice neighborhood and they were able to buy nice clothes and stuff. But I'll tell you what, I took a course. It was a Dave Ramsey course on financial peace. And in my early 20s, it was through my church. And I began to see that debt and things like significant debt and also negative debt. So I call things like credit card debt, negative debt, wasteful debt, right? 
then, then my husband and I bought our first home. We became homeowners and it was just a huge propelling forward in my mindset because all of a sudden I went from living in projects and apartments to owning my own house and my kids. A big moment for me was having my two-year-old son learn to walk on clean carpet and not on dirty carpet. You know, that was a big moment for me. And so really my husband and I have kind of built our financial independence together. And it's been part of our DNA for our family because we wanted to change the trajectory for our own children. And now we've been able to go back and help our family. And I was able to help my mom. I, I since lost her to cancer, but when I became successful, I was able to go back and help her. And so it's a variety of things. I will say mentors played the biggest role in my change, people that actually had means and wealth, people that didn't look like me, right? In the workplace, there were a lot of amazing white women and white men and people of other color that maybe had an education or had a specific path for their own success. And I began to actually learn from them and really learn that poverty didn't need to be a lifelong journey like it was for my mother. Thank you. And I'm also curious, before you started making the change with your husband, because you mentioned it was a series of events, what kind of thoughts did you have crossing your mind around money? Did you feel like it was never going to get better financially? Or were you naturally curious? Because you mentioned at one point that you saw other people that were driving nice cars that were being successful. I'm just curious, what was going in your mind through those tough times? Well, I will tell you, when you grew up in a family where, and just so you know, my family, being poor was a way of life. It was almost like a sense of humility, right? So my mother and my grandfather were both in what I call that Pentecostal sort of upbringing where everything was, if you were, if you were poor, you were humble. And so I never could understand that. <laughs> For me, it never made any sense because I always used to think, well, geez, God wants us to have money because guess what? If we have money, we get to help other people. You know, it was just a different mindset. But the baby steps I took, I'll tell you a story for your listeners. It was funny. I used to buy my clothes all the time in secondhand stores, thrift stores. And that's how I was taught and trained. And I, by the way, still love thrift stores. I love to shop at thrift stores. You can find some amazing treasures there. But I remember early on in our marriage, you know, going to the Goodwill to get my stuff for my work clothes. And my husband would say, why are you still going there? You don't need to go there. And I said, well, I like the Goodwill. And he's like, but you can go to the Goodwill if you want to find your diamonds or your gems that are there in terms of right hidden, hidden treasures, but you don't have to go there. And so I had never really thought that I didn't have to go to the Goodwill anymore. And now when I go, it's because I want to go and I want to go see if there's any cool stuff I can find. But it's just changing that mindset and you're thinking of making a difference to think, you know, you can have nice things and you can also have financial means to be able to give back. So my husband and I have a nonprofit and we are able to give back to our community, mostly Latino community. Now, we weren't able to do that when we weren't financially independent. So, you know, having the means for finances does a lot to really change not only your own life, but the lives of those around you that you love or that you want to most impact. That's beautiful. And I think also with us, the Latino community, you mentioned humbleness. It's part of who we are in terms of, well, if we have enough to feed our family, have a roof over our head, why do we need more? That's my experience, right? Where it's like, why would we need more? We have enough. I'll tell you an example of that. I remember early on in our financial success, one of our family members calling us, and it was actually, we were, we were going to move from, I was working in the state for Governor Bush and President Bush had just gotten elected and we were going to move. I was going to go join the White House team, which was a huge opportunity for me to just change my career forever. I got a call from a family member. Give us a sense. 
why don't you have enough? Like, is nothing's ever enough for you? Why do you have to go to Washington? Why do you have to go work for that man? You know, aren't you happy? You and David have a great career here. And I just, I was taken aback and I thought, wait a minute, you're not happy for me that I get to go work for a president? And then their mind is because I didn't have enough. But it's a little bitty uh, mindset that can really impact you in terms of your ability to expand your thinking. Because remember, where your thinking goes, then your behavior goes. I'm a really big proponent of rehabilitating and reengineering your thought process. Because if you think poor, you will stay poor. And now it, they're more than just thoughts. you got to actually have actions to those thoughts. But even that little seed that that family member calling me to say, give us a sense. You never have enough. You know, what are you thinking? Why do you have to go to D.C.? You have a great job here. Why do you want more? But it wasn't about me wanting more. It was about me stepping into the opportunity that was going to expand my potential to be able to accelerate my career and our career in different levels. Yeah. And I think sometimes your experience, like with a lot of Latinos, it holds us back because we feel like we're greedy. Yeah. <laughs> but you taking those opportunities, it just sets an example of what's possible. Right. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. For our community and for everyone, just an example for what's possible for our community. And you mentioned working for a present. Tell us, how did that come about? Yeah, so I was actually... Working for Governor Bush here in Texas, I was the director of human resources and I had been working with him for six years. And, you know, when he started running for president, I never even dreamed. He had hundreds of people working for him. I never even dreamed I would be the one, you know, that would have an opportunity to go. And I remember I was in the Capitol right before the election was called. If, if people recall that this is George W. Bush during the whole Florida recount issue, they were going through the recount. And I remember being in the Capitol when my boss, the chief of staff, and he said, the governor asked me today about you and he wants to know if he's elected, will you join his team? And I was flabbergasted. I'm like, he actually knows I exist, this little Latina from El Paso in East Austin. Like, why me? And I remember him saying, you know, he very much does know you exist and he wants you to be on the team because he knew that I was a results-driven manager and, I, and he wanted people close around him in that first term that really knew his heart, knew his passion, understood his policies. So there I go, you know, January 4th, and my husband also got to serve in the administration. And but that experience changed our entire family's life forever. Listen, it's why I'm doing now what I'm doing now. My consulting firm is based in Washington, D.C. and in Texas. And 70% of my team is in D.C. All of my network in government was built through that D.C. experience. I would not be running and I would not have started my government consulting practice. And I would not be an entrepreneur today if it weren't for that experience. It really takes those leaps of faith and those bold moves to step out of your familia comfort zone to say, hey, I'm going to be way thousands of miles away from my family, but it's going to be a good thing in the long run for our kids and for our family. I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you. This show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend, and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. Yes, those bold and just stepping out of your comfort zones. 
that's really when you grow. That's really that opportunity to grow and step into things that maybe you weren't thought possible. You mentioned your consulting business. So tell us a little bit about what you do with your business. What does it focus on? I started Avantgarde LLC. I started it 11 years ago and I've grown it to 100% plus practice. We are an HR all things human resources and human capital strategy, organizational change. So we solve problems for our clients and most of our clients are in government and we know the government's full of problems. So we'll be in business. <laughs> we'll be in business for a while, but we have great teams spread across about six different states, including here in, in the Austin area. But most of my team is in the East Coast. And, you know, we've grown very fast, but it's been very organic. But it's also been because we've been proven to be a results driven partner for our clients. You know, being an entrepreneur, I had never, ever, we don't have entrepreneurs in our family. I'd never seen that. I didn't know what that was like. But when I found out, a mentor of mine said, you know, you could take all those great skills you built in government of being a collaborator, you know, being hardworking, being a networker, being able to solve problems like you did for President Bush. Take all of that and kind of start your own business. And I did, and it's been very successful because of I have a great team who has just done a great job to expand our capabilities and really deliver. And as a CEO, I just inspire and instill the vision and then also set the example to lead. But it's been a game changer financially for our family. We've been able to do a lot through the nonprofit and also both of my kids, my daughter and her husband work for me. They're on the payroll and they have an official role. So I've been able to help you know, hundreds of people get jobs, but also ensure that my family has a career and a path forward as well. Love it. And in terms of your journey, because you've had an incredible journey, you came from a family upbringing where there was not a lot. And then you've been able to create this life where I would say you're living on your own terms. Would you say that? Yeah, I think driving my own future, right? It's owning my future. I'm in the middle of an initiative called Women Empower Girls of Legacy. And I'm scholarshipping seven Latina girls and five Latino boys to go to college or to, you know, pursue vocational training. And I just met literally before your show, I met with two of the girls out of one of the success high schools here in Round Rock in the Austin area. And I met with five of the girls out of another high school in South Austin. And I was telling them, listen, you be the driver of your own future. Yes, you want to listen to your familia. Yes, you want to take care of your mom or your dad. Yes, you want to be there. But branch out, leave the city, leave the state, go do something bigger that's going to get you out of that comfort zone. One of my girls that we're scholarshipping is going to go for the first time. She's leaving the Austin area to go to school in College Station. And her mom was sitting there saying, no, no quiero que se vaya. And I'm like, no, déjala ir. Es importante. It's important for her to get outside of the home and outside of that comfort level and know her own path. And so I would say I have been the driver of my own future. My faith has been a big role in my life. My husband of 32 years has played a huge role in my life. And, you know, we drive our future together, but we've been able to carve that path forward because we made a decision very early on in our life to live life different and to become financially independent. I set that goal 20 years ago when I was a government employee on a government payroll and I was making a good living. I had worked my way up to senior executive, but I wanted to be financially independent so that I could then drive my own future. And the entrepreneur journey has done that. Listen, Latina entrepreneurs, we are the number one fastest growing demographic in America right now. We start businesses and we grow businesses. And I'm so proud to be part of that fabric of that community of Latina entrepreneurs. 
And thank you so much for paying it back with the scholarships that you're giving to Latino students. It's just so needed because, as you know, college costs are out of control. Ask me how I know with my first one. (laughs) I'm feeling the pain. I'm feeling the pain. Now, I'm curious. You mentioned financial independence. I wanted to ask two questions in regards to that. One, what does that mean to you, that financial independence? And then after that, if you could share it with us, what has been your biggest financial lessons? So let's start with financial independence. What does that mean for you? Financial independence for me means that you have healthy debt, not bad debt, right? So we've been able to move from bad debt to healthy debt, healthy debt and acquiring homes, you know, properties, things that are going to require assets, right? Negative debt. I have paid, my credit cards are paid off cash every month. I've been doing that for the last 15 years. I don't believe in paying 21% interest. Listen, by the time, even if you have a $5,000 credit card, by the time you pay 21% interest, you will have paid three or 4,000 more for that credit card. So, you know, my rule of thumb is, and I've been doing this for 15 years, I've taught my kids this, if you can't pay cash, you don't need it. And if you do get a loan, then get a zero interest loan and pay it off. Set a time. If it's a 10-year note, pay it off in five years. So that's my number one. And that's a lesson, by the way, into your second question. But financial independence means when I want to pick up and write a $10,000 or $20,000 check, or I want to support a cause, I want to be able to do that. I don't want to have to rely on, oh, do I have the money in the bank to support that effort? I want to be able to do that if I want to help someone in the community. We just had a tornado here in Austin. One of my friends texted me and said, hey, this family in Granger lost everything. And I was able to help support them. I want to be able to do that. Financial independence allows me to help people. It allows me to travel. It allows me to take my kids on vacation. And I never went on a vacation in my entire life. My first trip was on that plane at age 21 with my honeymoon with my husband. I had never been on a plane. And then on the life lessons, I would say, again, stay out of debt and make sure if you get into debt that it's healthy debt. And if you have to get into debt because you need a loan, then make sure it's a low interest loan or a zero interest loan. And then you compress that loan and pay it off in an accelerated time because you're going to save so much money doing that. And it's starting small. I started doing this 20 years ago. You don't ever get to a point where, okay, now I'm going to pay $10,000 towards my credit card. You start with, you know, if you have a $50 payment, pay an extra $10, pay an extra $5 and get out of debt. It's so important to be debt free because when you're debt free, there's independence to do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. And the final question, because this is a show geared towards Latinas. What is some parting words or your, I know you shared some lessons, financial lessons, but what is the biggest life lesson that you want to share and just pass on where the person listening right now can just walk away and feel good? My biggest embrace is learning to love myself. Learning to love and appreciate myself as a Latina who had a hard path in my book, Lost Girl. I literally, I call it Rebecca in the Raw. The first three chapters are dedicated to tell-all. But I have between physical abuse and sexual abuse and just you name it. But learning to love yourself, no matter what your past, no matter what your present, love yourself. Nobody's going to love you more than you. And the second thing is, you know, get to a place where you can be the driver of your own future. And I've been married 32 years. I am not a self-made woman. My husband has been a huge part of my life. But I stand on my own two feet as a Latina. I don't rely on a man. you know. And I think that as Latinas, we're very family-oriented. And we get that confused with, well, maybe we need to be independent you know, financially on our husbands. I would love to see Latinas become financially independent on their own. 
again, we're the fastest growing demographic. We're the largest growing entrepreneurs. For me to be able to, I treat my husband to dinner. Hey, he treats me to dinner. I treat him to dinner. I'll say, no, yo pago ahora. To be able to do that as a Latina, what a powerful thing. It's very liberating to own your own financial independence and also never lose sight of your familia, right? So again, I'm 32 years married. My husband is my best friend. He's my biggest partner. But it's not that I rely on him to make me me and complete. I am my own person and I love myself and accept myself exactly the way I am. Powerful, Rebecca. This has been so beautiful. Thank you so much for who you are, what you do, the example you're setting for us. I appreciate everything. And it was so great to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Lots of good stuff in this conversation, right? I hope that Rebecca's story allowed you to reflect on yours. Are you finding yourself repeating that cycle? Think about it for a moment. Maybe it's not all of the cycle. Maybe it's a portion of the cycle. And if you are finding yourself repeating that, even in your thoughts, because that's been me, that was me, probably I think it's 10 years now, where I was repeating the cycle of my parents' beliefs of always not having enough money or not having money, of being broke, and that didn't do us any good. So if you are repeating that cycle in some way, shape, or form, what can you do to shift that? Of course, the hint is, and I'm going to give you a hint, it starts by shifting those thoughts. Now, to connect with Rebecca, especially if you resonated with her story, which I'm sure you did, you can go to RebeccaContreras.com. I will have a link in the show notes, as well as check out her memoir, which is called Lost Girl. And I will also have a link to that in today's show notes. Now, if you need some help, I know I just mentioned that one way to shift this generational poverty cycle in any way, shape, or form is to shifting your thoughts. So if you need some help in shifting your mindset, be sure to grab your free copy of my daily dinero ritual at jenhemphill.com forward slash ritual. That's jenhemphill.com forward slash ritual. And this link will also be in the show notes. This resource, what that does, it will give you actions that you can take daily to shift that mindset, be more confident, and keep you in action with your finances. Now, next week on the podcast, we are going to be meeting Lucy King. If you've been needing some inspiration from a fellow Latina who has been able to overcome the obstacles set in front of her, it's unreal, you know, especially since I know the story, don't miss this episode. Bueno, pues, that is everything. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes at jenhemphill.com forward slash 311. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 311. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.